Hola y bienvenidos al Houston Element Podcast. Me llamo Missy, soy su anfitriona. Esta semana tengo el privilegio de presentarle una gran profesional, una maestra y una madre, Elvira Olivetti, mi madre. Buenas noches. Es un privilegio estar con todos ustedes hoy y poder hablar un poquito de lo importante que es ser una maestra y ser una madre, por sobre todas las cosas. All right, so in case y'all didn't catch any of that, so just to reiterate, tonight I have the lovely pleasure to introduce one of Houston's finest professionals out there, a teacher and a mother, my own mother, Elvira Olivetti. Good evening. <clears throat> It is a privilege for me to be here today to talk about what what means being a teacher and especially what means being a mother of such a sweet child as Melissa. She's being awfully, awfully generous, <laughs> awfully Christian, you know, not to bring up names, but, you know, awfully, awfully holy <laughs> because I'm anything but. But I love you and thank you. Okay, so just to get into it, guys, uh, teachers are already underappreciated. So it is an honor to be able to bring one of Houston's finest to tell you a little bit about what teachers do that we don't know and we are we don't appreciate enough. So can you please tell us why you wanted to be a teacher? Well, uh, I didn't start being a teacher. My first career was accounting and business administration. I got my degree in South America, in Paraguay, and I moved to United States, Houston, Texas, uh, back in 1982. Yeah, it's almost 40 years now that I've been in this great country, and I worked here first for 10 years in business, After I, you and your older sister started studying at school, I decided that I wanted to be part of the edu your education in the more intrinsic way. To me, there was only one thing to do then, and it was throwing myself head first into the education. So I decided to go back to a school and uh, get my certification as a teacher. And I decided that I needed to include my native language as well, so I pursue my certification as a bilingual teacher. That's incredible. Yeah, because originally you got your degree in accounting and uh, in business over there, and you came over here and went back to the university with having two kids and did it all over again, like it was no big deal. Like, that's incredible. I'm not going to say that it wasn't a challenge. Indeed, it was. I did start teaching here in 1994. Um, I was hired by one of the districts in the Great Houston area, and I was teaching and going to school at the same time. And of course, you also were going to school with me when I didn't have a babysitter. 
So it was a family effort, I will say. <clears throat> I, I pursue a deficiency plan and I get my certification. I've been teaching for 27 years and I just retired last year. I say that is one of the most fulfilling experience of my life. Being a teacher is opening the way for so many others and, and it's giving everybody the opportunity to become what they want to be in life. And I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts I think you can give anybody. Uh, you know, that's why this is a, a rare opportunity to be able to hear from a professional in your field to talk about that because we as parents, you know, as students, we only get to see so much of uh, what you guys do for for us and for everyone. So what would you say is something unique about your teaching approach? Well, I think I want to rephrase that question. It's not so much as what is unique about a teacher's approach. Uh, we need to focus more on the unique way of the students learning. Uh, we need to focus on how they learn and make our teaching unique to meet the students' needs. Everybody learn in a different way and the teachers need to find a way to reach everybody. That's, that's what the focus of teachings need to be. That was beautifully said. Um, I think I, I don't think I could have said it better myself. And that just goes to show you how ignorant I was <laughs> coming up with that question when I should have been asking it the way that you asked it. But that's aside from the point. That's why you're the pro, not me. So you kind of already answered this, but what would you say are some of the most important traits about being a good teacher? I think being a good teacher is being... Um, willing to serve. Um, teaching is a service. Uh, if you are willing to go to whatever you need to reach a student, then you are a good teacher. There's not a special qualification, but just giving yourself to the task of opening the mind of a student. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I've lived with you my whole life, and I mean, I'm just never cease to be surprised. Um, I, I don't think I'm a product. I, I, I find it hard to believe that I came out of a genius like that. <laughs> I, I really don't see the connection here. I feel like the doofus sheep, not even the black sheep. But that's aside from the point. But anyways, so you taught the fourth grade, but you also taught other levels, grade levels during your career. So what was it about fourth grade in particular that made you want to stick with that grade level? Well, I did teach um, elementary levels, every grade except first grade. And I it wasn't exactly my choice to be in fourth grade. I happened to land in a position on fourth grade, and I love it. I love every grade level, but um, 
I guess once I started in fourth grade, they kept me there probably because I was doing a good job, I will say. Mm-hmm. I taught fourth grade for the last 20 years of my career. Fourth grade have the particularity that you introduce kids to a formal writing, which is something that some people kind of like a shy of. Um, I love reading, I love writing, and I love math. So I'm, I guess, a combination that I like the, all the core subjects, and it's I enjoy teaching as much as I enjoy seeing my students learning. And I learned so much from them that it was like, a, I mean, a give and take constantly. Um, I cannot say that it was my choice, and why, but I can definitely say that I enjoy it very, very much. And I learned so much from it that I think I become a better person every day because of my students. Well said. Well said. And so you've been in the teaching career since the 90s all the way until 2020 when you retired after your final semester. So how have you seen the way that the curriculum has changed from, I remember my school, you're going from the TX 99 calculator now to people having calculators on their cell phone? Like, how have you seen the curriculum evolve since then? Well, like everything, education cannot stay still. Nothing stays still in this world. And the curriculum necessarily has to be uh, evolved as with the needs of the, the society. Mm-hmm. Um with all, and especially in this century, we have seen so many great changes. Just technology by itself have opened so many, many gates that, I mean, it's, it's a responsibility of a teacher to grow with the changes. I mean, just like that, uh, uh, even though the core subjects and the the core objective remain the same. Uh, in education, there has been many shifts and teachers need to grow up with them. Uh, I have seen many, many changes, many challenges. Students help us grow with the challenge. It's not only that the teachers help the students. It's a two-way street. We grow together. And... Um, we are very fortunate to have many, many, many resources here in this great country to help students to develop their lifelong uh, teaching, I'm sorry, their, their lifelong learning uh, that is, is a constant challenge. Every day is a new day, and you need to be ready to step on it that's true that's true i mean most people now after my generation will never know what using an overhead projector is or seeing what um an actual slideshow is like with the projector you know little button thing they're never going to know what that is and i mean or when they get excited when they see you roll in the tv with the vcr 
you know that's going to be a substitute teacher and they're going to play a video and you're just so excited. You don't have to do anything. You're like, oh, yeah, here comes the substitute. They'll never know that feeling. Well, I always taught my students that substitute teachers were not toys. So my students knew that they, I expect the same respect that they owe me to be um, um, given to the substitute teachers. That's true. That's true, you guys. The, and, and you know that they will report to the teacher, right? So don't mess up because everything that you do is going to be reported to your teacher or even worse, the principal. So just behave. Just behave. Okay? They're professionals, too. So what would you say is the most rewarding part about being a teacher? Well, definitely to be able to open the children's or the students' minds to the learning, to instill in them the lifelong desire of learning, uh, to see that they, they use you as the tool that they need to achieve their goals. Uh, to open the curiosity in their minds, to for them to pursue learning as an enjoyment, as a part of their life. To be able to leave that kind of marker on somebody, I think is otherworldly. Like it's something that you hear something like superheroes doing. That is such a deep impact to be able to enlighten somebody's mind. I mean, I think most people call that, you know, uh, wizards and things like that, you know, but uh, or, or, you know, superheroes, you know, kind of thing. But uh, I'll take it as teachers. Yeah. Like you guys are are pretty amazing, pretty metal, I have to say. Well, I think we are just a tool a tool to open the children's mind. And that that should be our focus. I agree. I agree. And so you taught all subjects, but the last few years of your career, you taught a lot of mostly math and science subjects. So what were your favorite subjects to teach when you were a teacher? I enjoy immensely teaching math and, of course, reading and writing. I think... I, I, I used to tell my students that um, math is logic. You cannot change math. Two plus two are going to be four, no matter what method you used to do it. Reading, reading can take you to places that uh, only, only your mind can imagine. And writing, writing is very personal. Writing is a you. Because besides the grammar and the punctuation and the things and the rules of the language, the content is, is, is personal. The, con the content of what you write belongs to you and only to you. No one can tell you that what you write is right or wrong because that is your inspiration is what you want to leave to the others. So writing is a way to express the most personal part of yourself. And there are 
no bad writers because we cannot, we can never correct the thought of it on somebody. You can correct the grammar, you can correct, you can edit and you can uh, uh, correct the spelling, but you cannot correct the thoughts. And writing is a way to express your thoughts. I enjoy teaching writing. I enjoy teaching history because I love history. I think I simply enjoy teaching. Well, I know that for a fact. I, I know that for a fact. Um, but let's be honest here. How much do you enjoy grading all those writing essays? It's not so much as to enjoy the grading. You should put it this way. Enjoy finding the inner thoughts of the students. And you learn to know them behind every word that they write. And, and it's amazing because maybe you thought one thing about students and through the writing, you get to know them. And sometimes you realize that you were so very wrong about that little person. <laughs> and you, you can't stop to marvel what is behind the words. Oh, man. I, I, I bet. I can only imagine. Like, they must have had some amazing, amazing papers, I'm sure. So as a bilingual teacher, what was it like coming up with your lessons plans? Were they virtually the same? Were there's specific uh, differences that you had to adjust for the language? Well, as a bilingual teacher, you need to, and your lesson plans and your, and your, in your instructions and everything, all your interactions need to focus on language development as well as in academic. Uh, while you teach students, <clears throat> you need to make sure they, you want to make sure they master the academics, but also you want to make them grow in their language development. And you need to consider all the, tr the strategies needed to allow for that development, especially into the target language. You need to consider all the specifics of the language, the linguistics part of that, all the strategies allow the students everything, every resource available to you because uh, opening their mind to, to develop a new language and to actually being successful in the two languages and make sure mastering all the academics it's a challenge, but it's very, very rewarding. Yeah, I remember being younger and uh, it was either the pre-K or the kindergarten program that I was in. And, you know, there were certain lessons that were taught in English and in Spanish. And, you know, just like a song, I got it in my head. And I don't know, like it, growing up bilingual, it just makes takes that fear of uh, of judgment. And uh, as a young person learning a second language, I think it's the best gift you can give anybody. Absolutely. The younger somebody can learn a second language in a third is the better. Uh, that's, there's no, 
there's nothing to say on, on that. I mean, the most important thing is to open their mind to their language. I mean, there should, the, the classroom needs to always be a, I mean, a free environment where they, they, the students can feel free to make mistakes because you only learn through mistakes. Oh, 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 man, do I know about learning from mistakes. You guys, I didn't know what the heck I was doing when I started this whole this whole thing. I did not know. I did not know anything. Okay, I didn't know stage directions when I first did my first gig at the Woodlands. Oh, man, I'll tell you. But I'll tell you next time. Right now, we got to move on to the next question. So what was a special event with your students that made you happy to be a teacher? Like something specific that resonated with you? Oh, goodness. Well, there are so many, so many experiences that it's hard to pick one over the others. But it comes to my mind uh, one activity that we did with my one of my four grade classes. Um, there we were writing poetry. Um, we were writing poetry, and we were going to read our poetries to our poems to uh, to the audience, especially parents and teens at a at a bookstore, uh, Barnes and Noble. Oh wow! And of course, the parents were invited. They knew that kids were going to read something. But I guess they never expected to hear what the kids could produce. Uh, some of the poems that the kids wrote, it brings tears to my eyes again. And those parents, they were just amazed, amazed of what their kids could produce. They were fathers, grown men, brought to their knees and crying when they heard what their kids can produce. And it was just an out-of-this-world experience. I'm not crying. You're crying. All right? You, you, make, see you make me cry. There's no video for this, so y'all have no evidence. Sense, All right? That was sense, a squirrels. Sense goodness. All right? Yeah, somebody farted. That's Move what, on. That's what happened. Anyway. All right. Next question. Uh, squirrels. During 2020, when classes were moved virtually, what was the experience like for you? Oh, we. A big challenge, like for everybody, I guess. But it wasn't only for me. It was a challenge for students, for parents, for teachers. I think for everybody. Um. Really, truly, this pandemia brings us all, everybody as well, to our knees. We, we could really tell that we didn't know so many things that we have to start learning from scratch. It's, it was a great challenge. I mean, we, thankfully, we have resources that could help us to navigate that very, very treacherous passage. Um, 
I am not saying that it was only hard for me. I can only imagine how hard it was for parents as well and for the children. Uh, not to even, there's always excited when they have a holiday and they, didn't have, they don't have to go to school. But it of was course. so sad to hear them after a week or so begging to go to school and said, I miss school. I want to go. I want to see you, Miss O, or I want to see my friends. That just gets you to straight to the heart. It does. Uh, this was experience that taught us all, not only a little humility into in accepting that we were not ready for this. Yeah. We were not ready and we learned so much, but with the grace of God, we are going one step at a time. And I bless the teachers that are continuing in this path right now. Because even though it might have got a little easier, it is still an everyday challenge. That is the truth. I mean, you guys really had to pull pull through together and uh, make this happen. And that was like, like you guys were were the people in the front lines. You were doing the most. I mean, just picking up the pieces. I remember one of my professors, I mean was giving instructions in multiple platforms because people are using different platforms for their homework, for example. I mean, just really kicking butt, you know, with everything that's going on. It was incredible. All hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was, nobody was, was um, on lunch break. Everybody was the front lines doing the most. It was incredible. So although you retired from your fourth grade teaching position, you're continuing to teach Spanish class to college students. So how's that experience been? And why did you choose to keep teaching a new class? Well, teaching language is so rewarding. I mean, it is, it is amazing. It's incredible to see the progress of the students and, and especially on adults. Children learn language so fast because their little minds are like sponges and they don't have the filter of... I don't want to make a mistake, as a grown-ups do. I mean, as a grown-up, you are more self-conscious and you want to speak uh, fluently and correctly. And just seeing the progress on the students is, is very rewarding. I like languages to begin with, and it is, and I like teaching. Uh, and I, like I said before, I learn so much from my students that sometimes I wonder who's doing the teaching. I've been teaching language for college for like about 15 years or so as a part-time, and I don't think I'm going to ever retire from that. I mean, plus I'm not a person that I can just retire my mind from doing something. I need to keep doing something. This is... 100% fact. And this is, besides, uh, you know, unlike the genius that she has, this is something we do have in common. We're both very much into languages. That's very relevant to us, very fascinating to us, you know. 
uh, thankfully to her, you know, to my dad, of course, I'm bilingual myself, which was the greatest thing besides life that they gave me, which was super metal, you know, like the gift that keeps on giving bilingual man. But uh, it is super important to when you find a really good language teacher to hold on to them like a dear friend, like a golden girl. Okay. <laughs> because, oh my God, it is so hard to find a good language teacher. And she's like the best, like the business. Okay. Like you don't even know. I'm just telling you right now. Well, thank you, my love. Well, you're welcome. But I mean, I'm I'm being 100% honest. I'm not even biased right here, guys. Okay. Like I saw the ratings on Yelp and uh, they had to put another star because she exceeded the, the five star limit. Okay. So like, I don't know what you're wasting your money on, but you want a second language. You need to hit this lady right here because you will get more than what you spend. I promise you. So enough bragging. And so my final question is, growing up, I remember seeing how many of your former students recognize you outside everywhere, Walmart, restaurants, when we're doing our thing. And they're always elated to see you and the parents as well. And they're always extending their gratitude to you as a teacher. So have you heard from any of your former students and know what they're doing as of now? Oh, absolutely. I I run into them all the time. Some of them I recognize them immediately. Some of them, they have to tell me, you remember me? And <laughs> I mean, I have to look up at them um, because they are so grown now. I have find them everywhere. I have seen, I know that uh, some of them have gone into different fields. Some of them went to the army, the armed force. Another ones went to business. Other ones have become parents and now they are facing the challenges of raising kids and they never cease to tell me how hard it is to deal <laughs> with the kids and they say oh, now I know what you put up with me but it's, it's very rewarding to see them they're going into every field and find them doing things that you you only imagine they could have done before. And that that must be a, a whole nother exp like feeling to you. It's like, you know, having not even just the parents, not even just like your faculty members, but the students, the minds you molded yourself telling you, you know, thank you and I appreciate you. And this is, you know, my success is due to you believing in me. What does that make you feel? It is the most rewarding things. Now, then you know that was why you went into teaching. I, I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, thank you so very much for joining me upstairs. <laughs> it, it was an experience as well. I learned so much just tonight. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that you didn't have to spend a lot of gas. Um, don't worry. I'll call you an Uber. Um, make sure you get home safe. Uh, but thank you for joining me in the home studio. Um, <clears throat> and uh, would you have any last little bit of advice for any um, aspiring people that are trying to get into the teaching field? Uh, not only to the ones who get in the teaching field, but to everybody. Don't ever close your mind to learning. Learning can take you everywhere. And it doesn't take room, but it can let 
it can lead you to, I mean, incredible, incredible adventures. You heard it from the lady herself, okay? Knowledge is the gift that keeps on giving, much like languages, much like being there and just being open to learning. Thank you for for listening this episode. And I mean, it was a privilege to be with you all tonight. And thank you for being here with me tonight and every night and putting up with all my garbage. Like, I'm working on it. I love you forever. I love you too. I'll do anything for you. Well, thank you guys so very much for listening this week. And we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.